Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. This is where we allow you to grow as a confident leader in your business and in life to get to the next level. And we interview guests that will help you, inspire you to grow your business and to enjoy the journey of becoming that heart-centered leader that our world so desperately needs. Be sure to check out my website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. Today, my guest is none other than Denise Thomas. Let me just tell you a little bit about Denise. She is a TEDx speaker, jealous, uh, international best-selling author, coach to parents of college-bound students. Everyone perk up your ears right now, right? Using her proprietary repeatable strategy, her two teens attended their first choice college on 17 scholarships, exceeding $199,000, walking out of college with cash in hand. They got paid to go to college. Denise says, send your kids to college on what people's, on other people's cash. So I'm sure everyone is now excited and interested and uh, texting all your friends who have college-bound kids to come and listen to this podcast. I've been anxious to uh, definitely to talk with her. I unfortunately had two kids go through college, uh, some with scholarships, some with notes, and, uh, and have a college debt. So there you go. All right. So Denise, today we're going to talk about Confidence equals college cash. Give us it a little does. bit more about your background. You gave us the, the, what you do kind of thing, but just give us some, a little bit. Who's Denise? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, Denise is a diverse individual. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of really interesting, different types of aspects to Denise. When I was growing up, um, I played the guitar. My dad taught me how to play in the beginning, and then I took the ground running from there and uh, learned from other people who knew how to play and then learned how to learn on my own. <laughs> uh, as a high school freshman, I then taught other kids how to play the guitar. I was making $20 an hour when the national minimum wage at the time was less than $3 an hour. And this is something that I encourage other parents and teens to do is find that thing that you're good at and teach it to others. Because regardless of what it is, you can possibly make 
as much as 10 times the minimum wage. So that will help you to feel your college kitty, but it also helps to develop that confidence. A lot of things can help you develop confidence. Uh, for example, I love target shooting. My husband introduced me to firearms when we first met, and I really took to it pretty quickly. Uh, I didn't know until later that my dad had been in the army and he was, he had a lot of, uh, a lot of medals and accolades for his, uh, his target shooting. So that was kind of neat. Evidently, if you look at the rest of my family, okay, so this must be a hereditary trait that we just kind of have, have this eye for being able to hit the targets. So it's pretty fun. Um, I also play the guitar and I sing and just, you know, what you see on the surface of, of my company, Get Ahead of the Class, there's so much that's deep in there and there's so much life experience that helps you as a parent and as a business owner to be able to realize, you know, it's not all just business. Getting to know who the person is helps you to help your clients even more. That's awesome. So cool. The, uh, the target shooting guitar, you, you're kind of an all-rounded person. And it, it's great to find those discoveries about our parents that we didn't know from the past. So your teens made good grades uh, to win big bucks, you say. Um, how, you know, the, the whole thing of scholarships is somewhat uh, like a puzzle that people are always trying to find the right pieces to fit. Talk to us a little bit about how, how you recommend people take, the, take along that journey of figuring out what are the right pieces to fit for their college a scholarship, uh, I guess, adventure. <laughs> and, and it is an adventure. It is definitely a journey. It's not a one and done. Uh, when I'm teaching families about scholarships, I, what I say is this, it's easy to find scholarships. There are 1.8 million scholarship opportunities every year, totaling $23 billion. There's a lot of money. So you can find scholarships. You can find what to apply to for your children. The key is finding the right scholarships that is a fit for your child. And when I say child, I'm not just talking about a high school senior. One of the things that parents are not aware of is that scholarships actually begin in kindergarten. So the earlier the family starts understanding what this is all about, the mm. more money your children can win because they can be winning scholarships all throughout school, all throughout their schooling ages. But it also doesn't stop at senior year. There are scholarships all the way through professional school. Mm. Finding the key to what your child can write about, though, is very important. Um, when I was getting off of a stage in California before COVID, now we're finally able to get to, to get back into the live sessions. But prior to COVID, I was getting off of a stage in California, and a mom approached me afterwards and said, your kids must be geniuses, because my child applied to 40 scholarships mm. and won none. Now, my heart really went out to her because what I had not mentioned from the stage is that literally half of the scholarships my kids won, $100,000 worth, didn't even ask for GPA and test scores. Mm. Sure, there is an academic component to some, but that's not the majority. Mm. 
So now when I'm speaking, I try to make sure people understand it's not just geniuses that win scholarships. If that were true, it would only be your valedictorian, but that is totally not true. There are a lot of beliefs or myths surrounding the high school to college process that is keeping our kids in debt. And that's just one of many. Uh, but it's not just finding the right scholarships, then it's understanding what it takes to win because the mm -hmm. vast majority I think are not even answering the question properly. Uh, for example, and you will see this, if, you, if your kid is ever applying to scholarships, you will see this as one of the topics. Tell me about someone who has had an influence on your life. Okay, that could be grandma. It could be anybody, it could be mm -hmm. Jesus, whatever. The essay is not about grandma. The essay is about you. Mm -hmm. They're asking how this person influenced you. Mm -hmm. How did it change your perspective or, right. or lead you toward your career choice or whatever it might be? It doesn't really matter. It really doesn't matter. But they're asking about your teenager. What makes them tick? Who are they on the inside? In the end, they're asking about your character and your values. Mm -hmm. How can you show with stories? How can you show this without actually saying, I'm an honest person, I'm hardworking, mm -hmm. et cetera. So there's a lot of little things like that that are really important. Some people think, well, it's the topic. My kid didn't cure cancer. <laughs> okay, so I'll give you an example here. My son has his personal essay and I ask my families, look, your kid needs this one personal essay, this one essay that they want to make sure whatever the content is, is something the colleges and scholarship committees know about them, something mm -hmm. important. My son's personal essay was about an, a time in his life, a moment in time when he had participated in a regional, I believe it was, regional or national martial arts tournament. He had just received his black belt. Mm -hmm. He thought this was the coolest thing since sliced bread. I mean, he had been taking karate for probably 12 years at that point. Mm -hmm. Finally reached the rank of black belt. And along the way, he had participated in a lot of tournaments. Mm -hmm. He always came home with something, a medal, a trophy, something. But at this national tournament with his black belt, he won nothing. The essay was about how he came back from that. Yeah. From that disappointment. Mm -hmm. What did he do next? And what is the result of that essay is your character. Mm -hmm. perseverance, dedication, yeah. looking at failures as opportunities. Mm -hmm. What college, or for that matter, employer, yeah. isn't looking for that person? Absolutely. Exactly. So they're not looking for the, yeah, there's going to be the kid that cured cancer. Okay, got that. <laughs> but the vast majority they know are not, mm -hmm. right? And you might even stay, some some scholarship organizations, some some places will actually uh, show you 
the essays that have won in the last two or three years. That's kind of cool. And you can see some of the topics that people are writing on, but it's not the topic. In my course, I give parents more than 30 winning essays to read, but they are instructed, do not read these essays. Don't. You wait until your child has written their essay, at least, at least written the, the draft copy. Because I don't want the topic that they read about to influence what their child writes about. Mm-hmm. It's not the topic that wins. Yeah. It's this, this completes your application. This mm-hmm. tells them who you are. So there's so much involved. And for those that own businesses, it can be a little, the whole, the whole process can be intimidating because you're thinking, well, we make too much money to quote, get anything. And yes, when I first started this research, my husband and I had just gone bankrupt and it was a devastating bankruptcy. Mm. But by the time our kids were applying to colleges and applying for these scholarships, we were back up to multiple six figures. There's a way to do this. A lot of it is the choices that you as a family are making. And a lot of it is starting early in the process. We've been telling people to wait until junior year to do X, Y, Z, wait till Mm -hmm. senior year to do that. Truth is the kids who graduate debt-free, they didn't wait. A lot of things they started, they started in middle school, Mm -hmm. right? And employers and colleges are looking at your teenager's digital footprint. Mm. So we talk a lot about that too, because they want to know who they're getting. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I talk with some parents, Oh, my kid's not on social. We don't let them be on. (laughs) Surprise. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll go with that for a moment. (laughs) Truth is they are, even though you don't think they are. But let's say that there's literally no digital footprint at all of your kid. And I can name one family that I know for sure probably isn't because I think the dad works for cybersecurity for the government. So he probably does not have a digital footprint. But if you have nothing, that's good too. That means all that means is that we don't have to fix what's bad or broken or, or leaves the wrong impression. Now we can go in and create what we want them to find. Mm-hmm. And you can't start that in senior year or junior year. Yeah. That's because true. it's obvious that you just you're you're what padding your resume, so to speak, mm-hmm. at this point, right? They mm-hmm. they know that they can see it. So the earlier you start working on all of these things, number one, you're ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Your kid is probably going to have more money in their college kitty than their neighbor. But it also reduces the stress. You know, even as a business owner. If I'm trying to produce an online event that has multiple experts on it, and I'm going to host this puppy in two weeks, Vicki, there's going to be a lot of stress going on in those two <laughs> weeks because I'm last minuting this puppy. Yeah. But if I've been working on it eh, every week or so, once or twice, I'm doing X, Y, Z over the course of three months or six months. Yeah. Easy peasy. No problem. Yeah. Same is true when it comes to your because think about it, 
regardless of what business you're in or industry or in, even, even large conferences, they did mm-hmm. not put that together a month ago. That was a yeah. year in the making. Yeah. And that's what makes it less stressful for everyone involved. Same is true when it comes to the high school to college process. The earlier families begin, not only does this make it less stressful, but both parent and student are more confident in what they're doing. I know when I first was trying to figure out my kids' high school curriculum, we homeschooled our kids. I was terrified that we would miss something. What if we miss something in their curriculum and they're not ready? You can have the confidence that you're not missing anything because everything is laid out for you. These are the steps. These are the things you do in whatever year you happen to be in for your kid. It makes it so much less stressful and more confident. But and even for, you know, when we talk about confidence, it's not just confidence in your business or conf- having the confidence to coach or to provide a service mm-hmm. to your, your audience. Confidence as a parent, yes. that trickles down to your child. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think we don't realize how much of our feelings are trickling down to our kids. Sure. They don't even have to, it, it's, it's, it's almost by osmosis, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't have to say X, Y, Z. I think they pretty much get it. <laughs> you're, you're showing them these things, right? Yeah. And, you know, for example, if, if, um, if you know, ahead of time that community service is kind of going to be important. If you're demonstrating service to others, whether it's in a large organization or just to your neighbors, Mm -hmm. they see that and you're teaching them that you can serve others. And in serving others, they're gaining that confidence in their own abilities. Mm -hmm. It's not all just about um, get money, get money, get money. Yeah. Right. When you're serving others, that will come. Mm-hmm. The know? community service is also a great thing to have on those applications. And exactly. I think a lot of times people don't think about that. It's like, yeah. Well, they think about it at the last minute or mm-hmm. if the high school, cause some high schools have a graduation requirement, some States or, or districts graduation requirement might say, you have to have 25 service hours, mm-hmm. quote, to graduate. Okay, cool. We've got our 25 service hours. But guess what? When your high school counselor submits the teenager's um, transcript, they also submit what's called a counselor's report. Mm. In that counselor's report, they ask the question, how many community service hours are required for graduation? The next question how many service hours does this student have? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're barely scraping minimum or just above, you're not getting kudo points for that. No, no. Okay. Very true. However, when you, when community service is aligned with who your child is mm-hmm. and the things that they really light them up and, and that they really are passionate about. It's easy mm-hmm. to get community service hours because mm-hmm. it's something they love to do. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. 
I know that one of the things I do is for the last, since 2011, I've been working with the youth, teaching them communication and speaking skills. But what it's really been impactful is whenever they go into, because I work from eight to 17 year olds, when they are ready to go into uh, that college application process to be able to use all the skills that they learned to speak clearly, concisely, and they put that in their writing. And, and that's what yes. we teach them to, to uh, and the speech at the end of the sessions, the 12 weeks is inspire me. And I do that speech because I want them to understand how to write something that will show their character, their values, and to understand, to be able to really say it in a, a way that shows their passion for that. And exactly. I get always responses back from these students that use those same techniques for their college application, for their scholarship request. And, um, and it's been impactful. And that's what you want. You want them yeah. to see that what you're doing is for a purpose. You know, it's not just right. for, for kicks or whatever. And let's take this one step further. Communication skills is part of the soft skills list that employers are looking for. Mm -hmm. We all know that. So how do you show that? Most college students are going to be a little busy to do a heck of a lot of extracurricular stuff of any kind. Mm -hmm. It kind of depends on your curriculum and your college major. But let's just say for a moment that they don't have a heck of a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So how can we get opportunities during high school to actually speak in public and be able to write that down in the communication skills area? Because they're looking for both written communication. Mm -hmm. Well, that's writing reports. Okay. We can, we can showcase that usually within the college experience, but what about public speaking? What about communicating verbally? If for example, you have a church. Okay. Well, can you ask, can my son or daughter who is now a teenager, can they give the reading at church or can they make the announcements at whatever the event is. Truth is, if you think about it, vast majority of things of roles, speaking roles that occur in your church other than pastor, for the most part, almost any teenager can handle. Sure can. Right? On that college resume, under communication skills, that reads, spoke to groups of 200 or more. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Yeah. Right. So finding those opportunities mm -hmm. to help your child gain the confidence, because yeah. let's face it, they're going to have an interview. Probably they need mm -hmm. to be able to speak clearly, concisely, mm -hmm. and with confidence when they are doing these interviews and the interviews might be for employment, could be for college, could be for scholarships. Yeah. That's the table topics that we work with them on, you know, the one to two minute your elevator pitch, but it has to have a good opening. It yeah. has to have points that make sense. And it has to have that call to action at the end, just as we, uh, as entrepreneurs, you know, our, our pitches are the same. Excellent. That's right. So I wanted to also ask you, you talk about um, the, the values that you try to instill with your, with these kids to 
as you're trying to, to create these, you know, why, what is, what is it that you're finding for the youth of today? You know, we always think, oh, everybody's, all the youth is in trouble, but what are you finding? I think that if you think about values, there is that trickle down effect that comes from the family, comes from interacting with your own parents, interacting with grandparents, those values, watching what other people are doing. A lot of this is really under the surface. It's not conscious. It's subconscious. Mm -hmm. For values, again, it's going to depend on the family and what's important, what is already seen as important to the, to the parents as to what the kids will end up usually gleaning. Mm -hmm. Not a hundred percent. That's not a hundred percent true because there are other influences. They're going to be influenced by their friends, by their peers. Um, in college, it's even more so simply because uh, the family is not around every day for the teenager or the young adult to witness what's happening in the family and how the parents are interacting. Yeah. But within the high school, the middle school er arena, the values are of your children are going to be yours mm -hmm. for the most part. If, and I, I hate to say this, behavior as well, not just values, but behavior mm -hmm. and character. Yeah. If you see something in your child that you don't like, look inward and figure out what is it <laughs> a parent has done, said, demonstrated that is leading to this. Because 99.9%, .9%, it starts with you, yeah. like it or not. Mm. And I've seen this on occasion. It doesn't happen often, but sometimes a parent will post on, on Facebook or some forum, my kid is doing X, Y, Z. I can't get them to do, you know, whatever, whatever, la, da, 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 da. And my first gut reaction is you trained them that way. Yeah. It is a training. Parenting is a training process. Same is true as an entrepreneur. If you own a business, you are training your team mm -hmm. to react in a certain way about certain things. You're also training your potential client as to what it takes to work with you. If you make them jump through hoops to get to you directly, it's going to be a lot harder for them to say yes, because they're wondering where's the next hoop. Yeah. What's the next step that I need to take before we even get to that point? It's subconscious, but it's something that we have to, again, look back at and say, and, and I'm sure people have seen this before and understand most business owners or most salesmen, let's say, don't even ask for the sale. Mm -hmm. Right who knows why that is for each individual, but it's, it's great to showcase your expertise and to help people along voluntarily, et cetera. But if you don't ask for the sale, you're not getting it. Yeah. It's highly unlikely. They might eventually say, so tell me a little bit more about how I get to work with you. Mm -hmm. But if you give them those opportunities in the beginning, 
it's going to come along a lot faster. And as far as my business is concerned, I don't want families to wait six months, a year, two years before they join my program and work with me because they left a lot of money on the table. Waiting until high school, senior year. And yes, most people do. Yeah. Why? Because that's what we're told. We're told, wait until your child has their college offers or, or wait until they've done their SAT exam. So we know what colleges would be a good fit. Totally wrong. Yeah. Talk to me early. Talk to me when your kid's in middle school, in early high school. Let's get you on the right path from the beginning. Because there's a good chance at the end, we are scrambling to make <laughs> it look like your kid is awesome. Your kid is awesome. Mm. I promise you there is something about your child that is freaking fantastic. Mm. But we need to find that and hone it. And it takes time to make them look that spectacular on a college application or a scholarship application. So true. So true. You just really, you have to understand that everybody is always watching you. Your kids are always watching you. And it's just like we adults, there are those moments in our life and we say, oh God, I've become my mom. I've become (laughs) everybody. I mean, I I don't think I've ever met a person that hasn't said that. It's like, oh I remember the exact moment. Mm -hmm. I was driving my car my hands on the steering wheel. And I suddenly realized, oh my God, my mother held the steering wheel. <laughs> I have become my mother. Yes. Now my mother was wonderful. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, she passed yeah. away early in life, but um, it, it, yes, we will, we will bring with us to our families and maybe even to our business practices, what we learned from our families. That is so true. So you do have to explore all of those avenues, uh, even in your own home. Mm-hmm. So what if you had to kind of sum up a strategy, a, room, a roadmap for parents today beyond taking your course, which is probably the first thing they should do, but if you wanted to give them just a, a kind of a takeaway, what would you say that their strategy should be? Well, I would say that the first thing to do is question every belief you have about Mm -hmm. the high school to college process. Question your beliefs around what colleges your kids should go to or that they will be, quote, most successful in or that will have them be most successful. And when it comes to listening to advertisement, to media, to other parents who are making comments online about whatever the topic might be related to high school to college. Ask yourself, what is the motivation? What's in it for them? When a college, for example, goes test optional, as some number, not all of them, as some number of them did in the last two years due to COVID, ask yourself, what was their motivation for doing that? Trust me, it was not for you. It's not about oh, well, there's some kids that don't test well. And so we're going to be test optional. I call BS. No. <laughs> it was test optional because due to all of the COVID restrictions worldwide, not just nationwide, but worldwide, mm-hmm. 
kids did not have opportunities to take these exams or the opportunities were literally yanked out from under them. Yeah. So that was going, they knew ahead of time, they're going, this is going to severely restrict the number of applicants we get. Yeah. Quick, let's go test optional. And that's what they did. Now, before, and when you hear parents say things like, oh, well, you know, well, my, my kid did really poorly on the SAT this year. So, um, you know, we're just going to, we're just going to go with test optional schools. You go to test optional schools, you know, all the schools are test up. No, they're not. Mm. Early in COVID, 50% were test optional. Over the next three years, that is so going away. It's not even funny. Yeah. Less than 10% will be test optional. They're going back to test required mm -hmm. for admissions. Now, just because a school may be test optional for admissions does not mean they're test optional for scholarships. Mm. Think about that. A lot of families were very disappointed. Schools that traditionally gave a bunch of scholarships, suddenly their kid, okay, we got accepted, but there was no money or there was very little money. Mm. Did you submit test scores? Well, no, there you go. Mm. And certain other groups of students or types of students, some colleges require it. For example, homeschoolers, uh, students from other countries, et cetera, may be required to mm. submit test scores regardless. When high school counselors and parents say things like, oh, don't bother applying for scholarships. Don't bother applying for national scholarships because nobody wins those. Or don't bother studying for the PSAT exam because mm -hmm. only geniuses win national merit. Okay, I've got two kids. They're not geniuses. They both won national merit. This is a strategy exam. Yeah. It is not an IQ test. Yeah. But again, think about the motivation. Why would someone say that? Well, either it could, it could be misinformation. They're just repeating what they hear. Yeah. Or it also could be misery loves company. Mm -hmm. My kid didn't win scholarships, so neither will yours. Yeah, As a matter of fact, I, I, have a, I have a client whose brother and sister-in-law are physician and literally rocket scientists. They each have a girl. The sister-in-law's child also brilliant like the parents. Oh, well, our daughter didn't win any scholarships, so you probably shouldn't bother. Well, number one, what she just said is your kid is stupid or less yeah, smart than mine. Right. So okay. Let's start with that was rude. Mm -hmm. It's not about intelligence. It's about knowing the strategies. It's about applying to the right schools and the right scholarships and knowing how to win. Wow. So use caution when mm -hmm. you are hearing and listening to what is yeah. out there. Because, heck, if I can do it, anybody can. Yeah, but it just takes time. It, and that's why you've got to start early. Correct. Because it, it just could overwhelm you if you wait till junior year. Well, and I will say, you know, some, some have asked, well, if they if they suddenly start questioning about this, 
you know, and their kid is a senior, are they totally, you know, out of the picture? Yeah, you know, taken out no of the hope, game. Right? Yeah. No, there's definitely still hope because mm -hmm. the vast majority of private scholarships are for high school seniors. Mm -hmm. But don't wait until your kid's about to graduate to ask about it because they've already left six, eight, nine months of scholarships behind. Yeah. There's still money out there. I, I, I have clients that are college students. I have a college program because mm -hmm. the money doesn't stop in high school. Yeah, that is true. That is right. True. And my college program includes not just how to find more money, but the resume. For the Again, job. No one is teaching how to get the resume past the applicant tracking system. Mm. I also teach the federal resume, a totally different ball game there as well. Mm -hmm. So there's always an opportunity, but the second you ask the question, that is when you should start. Yeah, that's true. Well, this has been wonderful. I appreciate all of the, the answers and tips you have shared. I always end with a five word or phrase rapid fire so this is your table topic to answer um, just in a minute what you uh, what first comes to your mind for these words. So my first word is guitar, favorite song. Eagles, take it to the limit. Woo! Yes, awesome. Second, you said you like target shooting. What was the most unusual place that you've ever done target shooting? my husband's parents farm and where was that what state uh in louisiana louisiana awesome so that brings me to favorite place in louisiana Ooh, gotta be new orleans yes 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 so then it takes me to favorite food hmm I'm going to, well, there's two really, really, really good ones. Uh, I love shrimp and grits. And mm -hmm. I also love uh, crawfish etouffee. Ah, yes, yes, yes. And final thing. If you could go anywhere, where would you go for 10 days? Italy. Yeah. That was easy. Yeah. Where though? I mean, Italy is big, you know, it is big. Us. It is big. Is it I, I did, the whole, whole country. I did, uh, the Southern most portion from mostly from mostly from Rome South for, for 15 days. And that was not wow. enough time. I will tell you not enough time at all. So I would probably try to take the Northern upper part of the boot. Cause I didn't get to see any of that. And when we were there, my husband said, if I wasn't there with her, I don't think she'd have come home. <laughs> he's right. I would live there in a heartbeat. It is, yeah. it is just incredibly gorgeous. That is on my list. I actually have been um, to Milan. And oh. um, then I ventured, took a train to Lake Como. And that was fantastic, fantastic. This has been wonderful. I am going to share my screen. And I'm going to probably update my slide because I realized I didn't put your your uh, Facebook and all those or um, your website and things that I'll update that so that the people that see this 
we'll see the updated slide, but we can just go over those things because we have to do that anyway for the audio portion. So we have um, a free gift. I want you to just talk a little bit what your free gift is. We have the link to that here. If you're on audio, it is HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www dot get ahead of the class. I'll spell out G-E-T-A-H-E-A-D-O-F-T-H-E-C-L-A-S-S dot com slash branding dash digital dash footprint dash one. And again, uh, you can email her. Her email address is right there, uh, denise.thomas007 at gmail.com. Again, that's D-E-N-I-S-E dot T-H-O-M-A-S-0-0-7 at gmail.com. She will be happy, I'm sure, to share all of this information and talk to us a little bit about getaheadoftheclass.com, Brad. Awesome. Okay. So the, we talked just slightly during our show about branding and, and about the digital footprint. Well, your child's digital footprint is their brand. Mm -hmm. Now we think about branding and brands. We think of that as a business logo and colors and which it is, but it's way more than that. Your business brand is how people feel about your business. It's what draws them in to buy or not buy. The same is true for your teenager. And by the same token, adults. You have a brand. It's a personal brand. It's how people feel about you when they interact with you, when they get to know you. So this opportunity is for you to assess and help your teenager, your children, to assess their digital footprint. It doesn't go into creating it. It goes into fixing what is wrong. Mm. What is it that might throw someone off when they see it on your child's digital footprint? Uh, if you Google search their name, for example, uh, or their social media content, and it goes beyond what your child may have posted on mm. Instagram or whatnot, but what are they tagged in mm. that other people have posted? Because we forget that, for example, if your 15 or 16-year-old is tagged in a photo where their friends were at a party drinking alcohol, yeah. even if your kid was not there, they are now associated with that behavior. But I go one step further and we talk about, it's actually the first thing we talk about, is your child's values and character traits. Mm -hmm. You have to question each post each interaction online is this aligned with my values yeah. right and if it's not you might want to take it down now i do have a caveat that we discuss in it as well if something even if it's politically incorrect if there is something that is integral to who you are that you believe in to your core do not change it do not take it off of wherever. Now, why do I say that? Well, for an example, I have a strong face. I also firmly believe in the second amendment. I love to shoot. It's fun. I don't want to work for an employer or attend a college that does not respect those values. Mm -hmm. So don't 
take down what is integral to who you are. That's why we start with your values and your character. Very good. Very good. I always used to tell my girls, if it's okay for it to be plastered on the bus that goes up and down Roswell Road in Atlanta, then it's okay to be on social media. <laughs> that's right. And, and it's the, you know, would your grandmother approve, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, well, uh, one other thing I always do, I just do a plug for my book. Oops. And it is Unstoppable by Rochelle Marie Lawson. I'm chapter five. And I would love for you all to just take a look-see on Amazon to see if uh, you might like to partake in learning a little bit more about who I am and the confidence that I promote. And I want to just take this opportunity to say what a pleasure it was. I knew when I first met you in one of our our different coaching groups that I was going to have to have you on the podcast. I didn't even have the podcast started yet. And I knew I was going to need to have you having lived through that college experience, not once, not twice, but three times because I didn't go to college till I was in my late forties. And uh, I had a daughter that got ill during her sophomore year of college. And luckily we had worked with the college, uh, the SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design from the time she was just going into eighth grade. She knew that she wanted to go there and they told us what classes to take to go because she went to a, a local school here for the first two years for core and that second year is when she got ill. And so having a job was just not in the picture and those scholarships that she got were very helpful. Um, not in, in completely helpful because of that income thing, but it still was life-saving for those first couple, three years. So um, I knew that our audience needed to, to know what you know. And um, I hope that they will all take advantage of sending you an email, um, taking advantage of your free gift and also considering having a uh, time to work with you to really make that process a little less painful. But any uh, closing thoughts that you might have before I formally close out? Well, thank you so much, Vicki, for having me on the show. Um, confidence is not something that parents think about when they're working through the high school to college process or really even when they're applying for their own job. It's just not something that comes to mind, but it's so important in so many things and aspects of our lives. Just having the confidence to return a plate at a restaurant because it came to you cold, you need to be able to respectfully do those mm -hmm. kinds of things. And that does take confidence. Yeah. So and I think, I think a lot of times too, we think, well, our kids a star athlete or you know super smart and they're and therefore they must be confident and that's not the case you know I, having worked with thousands of kids they have certain things that keep them from getting where they want to go and that will be that way for the rest of their lives and and you know what you're doing and what I'm doing is trying to have that be taken away and yeah. and to believe in themselves 
So I always end um, thanking you for being a guest. Um, it has been wonderful. I hope that everybody will take advantage of um, taking some screenshots of uh, our page that has her gift as well as Denise's email address. And uh, please do consider talking with her because um, it is going to be very helpful for you. We have always, we end the show just really saying that it's really, life is a journey and it is up to you to enjoy the ride. And I hope you do. Thank you so much. And we'll be talking again. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.